Thank you. Good morning. Okay, Jesus in Luke. So over the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at Jesus through the eyes of this writer called Luke. And five different speakers will take us on a journey in this gospel. And the desire is that we understand more about Jesus and how encountering Jesus can have a transforming effect on people's lives. The writer, Luke, was a doctor. He was a traveling companion of Paul during Paul's missionary journeys. And in the Bible, we find that Luke writes two books. The first one about the life of Jesus, the second one about the life of the early church. Luke was an historian. He was committed to writing down an accurate record. He was, as um, theologians, histor historical theologians would put it, a bright cookie. Uh, he was probably not a Jew. He was well educated in Greek culture and he was an outstanding writer. His vocabulary was extensive. He had a very rich way of writing. There were times where his style was more similar to classical Greek uh, in his writings. And right at the beginning of the book, Luke articulates his commitment to accuracy. He says this right at the beginning in the introduction to his book. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account. So as we read his book, we know his intention. So that's a little bit about the writer. So what about the subject? Well, the subject is Jesus. We've selected five different stories from Luke's Gospel, uh, recording how different people encountered Jesus, how people responded to him, and what we can learn about Jesus as a result of that. The stories we've chosen are not in a particular chronological order, and so each week we're going to ask the speakers to help us by setting the scene and explaining the context. And today we're looking at an event near the end of the story. We're told by Luke that Jesus is leading the way to Jerusalem. So he's going to Jerusalem. And then Jesus just takes a minute or two and he decides to explain to his closest friends why he's going, what is about to happen. So he takes his 12 closest followers to one side and he says this to them. This is Luke 18 from verse 31. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. 
The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. So here we are, just a few days before it's all about to kick off, and Jesus is predicting the whole thing. And on they walk. You imagine being one of those followers, hearing that and then carrying on. This powerful prediction made by Jesus about his own death ringing in the ears of these people. The journey towards Jerusalem continues. Now the other gospel writer, Mark, in his account of this event, he explains that some of them were afraid and confused. No surprise there. Jesus is not exactly predicting happy days. They come to Jericho, a town close to Jerusalem. And as they approach, there's now a crowd with Jesus. And as they get to Jericho, a voice is heard. Luke 18 from verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Okay, let's have a look at this. For some of us in the room, this is a familiar story, and sometimes we can lose the impact in the familiarity. But this, let's face it, my friends, is an incredible story. An incredible encounter with Jesus. And I'm actually encouraging us today, there's people in the, this room, and you too, can have an encounter with Jesus. The story about this blind beggar, we're told in Mark's Gospel, his name is Bartimaeus. And he hears that Jesus is passing through. That's what Bartimaeus hears. And what does he do? He starts shouting. Blind Bartimaeus shouting. And the disciples are, oh, for goodness sake. They're focused on getting where they need to go. They have in their minds that Jesus is going to Jerusalem. And it seems like from what he's saying, he's going to die in Jerusalem. And now this beggar is shouting at them. Some of them are shouting back, will you shut up? Will you be quiet? Will you give it a rest? Let's just pause here on our journey to Jerusalem. And look what happens here. 
The first thing that happens is this blind beggar called Bartimaeus, he shouts and he says this, Jesus, son of David. And as we explore who Jesus is in this series, this is an important moment. This phrase, son of David, is a messianic title. In other words, it is one way to address the unique servant of God, the holy leader, the anointed one, the God in human form. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, this was predicted by three different prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 3, Jeremiah 23, verses 5 to 6, and Ezekiel 34, verses 23 to 24. They all looked forward to the arrival of God's anointed servant, the ultimate saviour, and they used this type of language, the emphasis placed upon the son of David. And so somehow, this impoverished beggar, this impoverished blind beggar, knew something of the identity of Jesus. He knew that Jesus could do, could do things that no other person could do. He recognized him to be different to anyone else. And today, I just want to give people opportunity to respond to Jesus. But you'll come with a great deal more confidence if you recognize who Jesus is. He is the unique Son of God. He has ultimate authority. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of David, God's anointed chosen one. He now sits at the right hand of the Father and has authority. So after addressing Jesus with this title, Son of David, this blind beggar called Bartimaeus then says this, Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Mercy. Let's just look at that for a moment. I tell a story on the Alpha course of an artist who was asked by someone uh, by a woman to paint her portrait. And the woman says to the artist, Sir, I want you to do me justice. And the artist's reply was, Madam, it's not justice you need. It's mercy. <laughs> if we receive God's justice, my friends, we're in trouble. But thanks to the cross, we receive God's mercy. Do we understand, every one of us in this room today, that we deserve God's justice, but we can come and receive his mercy? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So people bring this man to Jesus. Mark's gospel tells us that some of the people with Jesus go to Bartimaeus. I love this bit. 
and they say, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. They go into an impoverished blind beggar and they say, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. I just felt, when I thought about these two different responses to Bartimaeus, the will you be quiet versus cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. I just felt a challenge and a challenge for us as a people, as a church. When people come to us and people will come to us from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of circumstances in their need and we can respond in one of two ways. We could respond like the first group responded, oh, I haven't got time for this person, this person in need, this impoverished person, whatever they might be. Will you be quiet? Give us a rest. Or we can respond in the way that the second group responded. Let me take you to Jesus. I will give you time and I will take you to him. Today, my desire is to invite people to encounter Jesus. In effect, I want to say, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. This is something here about the character of Jesus, full of mercy, full of compassion. Let's just remember what's going on. He's about to enter into the most horrific situation. And yet he still has time for this blind beggar. He's about to go to the torture and the punishment of the cross to pay the price, to pay the penalty for the sins of the world, for your sins and my sins. And yet, others preferred to ignore this shouting beggar, and yet Jesus heard and responded. Bartimaeus was shouting, and Jesus heard. Can I say to you, I believe in my spirit today that there are people in this room now and they are shouting. And Jesus can hear you. You're not shouting out loud, obviously. I mean, you're British. Well, most of you. And if you're not British, you're, you're living in a British culture. So... You're much too polite to shout out loud. I mean, much too reserved to maintain a certain level of decorum, don't we? Shouting out loud? Gosh, no. <laughs> but in our hearts, in our hearts, there's a cry. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In our need, deep in the recesses of our hearts, even though we may be too proud to admit it, we are shouting like the beggar shouted. And Jesus hears that shout. He hears our thoughts. He hears. He stops. He calls us. Deep within you, you know you're shouting. And can I bring hope and comfort and encouragement to you and tell you, Jesus hears. Bartimaeus is taken to Jesus. And Jesus asks him, what... Do you want me to do for you? I wonder what Jesus, I wonder what we want Jesus to do 
for us. I suspect Jesus, as he comes to us, he asks us that question, what do you want me to do for you? This is a question about humility. It's a question about recognizing our utter dependence on him. It's about knowing that we get so much more than we deserve. It's about coming with the right heart. I want to see. Bartimaeus doesn't mess about. He comes and he asks for freedom and Jesus sets him free. He heals him. Let's not miss what's going on here. Bartimaeus, as he calls to Jesus, he uses this phrase, son of David, a phrase which I've mentioned and demonstrated is linked to the chosen servant of God, to the Savior, to the Messiah. And now we see Jesus healing a blind man. A miracle which was directly related to the work of the Messiah. This had been predicted by the prophet Isaiah. He'd stated that the Messiah would open the, the eyes of the blind. That's Isaiah 42 verse 7. And we find out uh, as we look at the Gospels that there are more, uh, more than 25 specific acts of healing performed by Jesus recorded in the Gospels. But we also find that Jesus heals blindness more than any other physical condition. We don't want to miss the part that that identifying Jesus plays as the Messiah. People identify Jesus as the Messiah. And, and this part, this healing of the blind, is part of that process. One of those observers of Jesus was, of course, John the Baptist. John the Baptist had an amazing rise to uh, popularity and public ministry. It probably lasted about a year or so. John was faithful in his calling. He was initially very popular among the Jewish people as the first prophet uh, from God in 400 years, and he was very effective as the one who was preparing the way for Jesus. But later, John began to struggle significantly, um, particularly after he was uh, in jail and he was imprisoned. Uh, and the news about Jesus spread, and John sent two disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the one who is to come, or are we to expect someone else? He really began to doubt in his mind what was going on. Uh, in other words, he was saying, are you the Messiah? Is it actually you, Jesus? And Jesus' response was this. Jesus replied, go back to John. He says to his disciples, John's disciples, go back to John and, uh, and report to him what you hear. The blind receive sight. Now, that's Matthew 11, verse 4 and verse 5. Jesus mentions other miracles, but the first one he mentions is the healing of the blind. So here we have this wonderful combination. And we talked about it already this morning, prophetically. There's this combination of Jesus' compassion and mercy and his authority. I was very encouraged when that came through prophetically as we were worshipping together. We have this wonderful combination of Jesus showing kindness, compassion, and mercy. And demonstrating through his actions that he is the one that Bartimaeus said he was. The son of David, the anointed son of the living God. This blind man came to Jesus in faith, in his need... Truly believing in the identity of Jesus and Jesus graciously 
and miraculously responded to this blind beggar's act of faith. Bartimaeus was blind. He had a physical condition. And there may be people in this room right now with physical illness. And I want to encourage you to come to Jesus today. Other people in the room may be blinded by pain, emotional pain. You are in an emotional fog and you need Jesus to bring clarity to you. He's calling you, I believe, in your anxiety and your emotional turmoil to come to him. He can bring light into the darkness of your situation. And maybe today you are spiritually blind and Jesus wants to open your eyes today to the truth of who he really is. Jesus calls you today. He says, come to me and I will open your eyes and you will never be the same again. That's the story. Let's stand together, shall we? wonder whether the worship team would come back.